Hello, welcome to another EMA cast. My name's John Bradbury. Uh, I'm in the People Experience team here at the EMA. And um, during this series, we've been looking at some of the new insights, some of the latest trends within, within HR and within people experience. And um, one of the things we wanted to do within this series is to talk to an HR practitioner um, in a typical sort of EMA member, uh, you know, to find out what they were doing to meet those sort of challenges and what was important to them and in their organisation at the moment. And uh, my colleagues, Lin- Lindsay Jobin and uh, Turi Edmonds, recommended that I spoke to uh, Abby Turner from uh, LM4. So today we have with us uh, Abby Turner from LM4. So thanks very much for coming in, Abby. No problem. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> hey, it's great, it's great to have you here, obviously. And um, look, may- maybe just to start us off, just tell us a little bit about your career in HR and what's led you to the role that you're doing at the moment. Well, I studied a Bachelor of Management Studies, humouring it, majoring in human resources at the University of Waikato, um, and then did a little bit of travel, came back and worked in insurance for a few years, which was interesting, and then I moved um, to another organisation where I started really getting into HR, so started as HR administrator and then moved up to HR coordinator, and that really set the groundwork for me for what good looks like in terms of HR processes and systems. So, yeah, I'm so grateful for that opportunity. And then I was contacted by Mita, who was one of the directors at the LM4 group. And, yeah, I've been there ever since. So I'm the HR advisor there. Um, Started in January of 2022. Um, And, yeah, I'm just loving it. So I guess in terms of the LM4 group, what we do is LM4 Group is the parent company to three subsidiaries. So we've got Alliance Recruitment, which is a recruitment agency. Um, we've got Puatala, which focuses on education, training, and upskilling. And then we have ONX, which is business consulting for small to medium businesses, um, mainly focusing on Pacifica and Māori. But you know, anyone who needs the help, we're happy to help. Um, and in terms of, I guess, the group itself, LM4. A lot of people always ask, what does that name mean? So that stands for Lisa and Mita, who are the directors, the founders of Alliance Recruitment. Um, and four is like, their lucky number, they have four children together. Um, and all the addresses that they've lived in have somehow had the number four or equaled four in it. So it's, yeah, it's like a really special number to them. And I think that almost gets reflected in our values and our culture as well. It's like, it's like we're a big family, really. So, yeah. Oh, that's really nice to hear. That's, um, I mean, that that answers something that was very much on my mind about, yes. you know, what, what, why why that name. And that's a really nice story about it. Um, you know, it sounds like your previous experience, you talked about, oh, this gave me good exposure to good practice. Yeah. Um, when you when you started at LM4, was there anything that particularly stood out to you? You thought, right, this, this is something I've done before that would be good to bring here. Um, there were quite a few things, and even during, I guess, the initial interview phases, we kind of came to the conclusion that processes and systems is something that I do, I guess, specialise in. Um, and that's just kind of happened organically because I like to solve problems. Um, and we kind of discussed, they'd said to me, hey, we are a small company and there are things that we do manually or could be done better. Is that okay with you? Are you willing to you know, put the time into helping us make better processes and 
that was like a big green flag for me. It's right. something I love to do. So um, I guess a few of the things um, from my previous experience was getting more data. Um, mm. Data is so important in HR because having good data allows us to make good decisions as a part of that. Um, so a few things were like staff turnover, just tracking um, leave and absenteeism, just so that we could start to see trends in anything that was happening. So if there was absenteeism in a subsidiary, it would be like, cool, then we can break it down even further because we do have three offices. We are based in Auckland, Hamilton and Tauranga. So seeing if it's a particular office or if it's just a particular subsidiary, really being able to break things down and even in terms of absenteeism, it's being able to say, cool, this is a trend let's nip it in the bud before it becomes a bigger issue and even those small things have been so helpful in the way that we run things and it allows us to be far more efficient in those types of processes as well. That, that sounds good. It sounds like you're getting some good outputs there. And yeah. In the sense, you're going beyond measuring just uh, who's who's here, but also you know why they're here or why they're not here, and yeah. what's what link, linking that through. I mean, how how was it trying to set up systems like that across three three subsidiaries, so different yes. sorts of businesses in different locations? How, how was how did you find that? Um, it's been interesting. Um, we are actually working on a. I guess a bigger system at the moment so because we are so small as well we don't actually have a specific HRIS system Um, we do it all through I guess the tools we have so Microsoft Office just really trying to utilize that to the best of its abilities for where we're at right now Um, and then in future then we can move to those other systems Um, but using Excel Outlook um, so we set up like a shared calendar and the managers just can put in when someone's on leave and then I can just look at the calendar and be like cool and then I've got my spreadsheet so yeah at the moment I guess it is a little bit of double handling but we have a solution to that it's just about implementing it at the right time because yeah. Um, yeah timing's everything and because we are doing so much this year as well we have had to be really strategic about when we launch things and what takes more priority and currently what we're doing it's working we know we've got a solution down the track. So, yeah, we're like, cool, that that can wait. There's other things that are more of a priority for us right now. So when you're putting in systems like that, often there's like, you know, as, as somebody that's interested in data, <laughs> you kind of want the data to kind of do something with. But someone's with data, someone's always got to input it and put it right. How do you kind of balance getting the sort of data you want without sort of overburdening managers with kind of admin, what they might see as an admin sort of task? Yeah, that is a good question, actually. Um, I haven't actually really thought about that. I just kind of, I mean, in terms of just, say, we're looking at absenteeism, Mm. they've got that system of the calendar, which takes them probably two seconds to put something in. So that really does minimise that already. Um, When we move to other systems, we'll have to work on a way that is still very time efficient for them. Um, In terms of the turnover um so as hr we have a small team um there's only three of us at the moment so it's really easy to keep track of that for myself because i'm the one that does the exit interviews i process the resignation so that data's all in here (laughs) (laughs) very good yeah so you're still at that sort of size where you sort of know people where you're you're very involved um in in that and you know, with this work that you're doing, and you've been there sort of 18 months now, yeah. what what would you say have been the most significant projects that you've done that have made, you know, a difference to the business? 
I guess the biggest one is creating our EVP strategy. Mm. We've seen such a massive improvement and shift in the culture already. Yeah. Um, it's yeah, it's made the world of difference and we're still at the start of that journey. EVP is something that, you know, it's not just a, cool, we're going to do this and never think about it again. It's continuous. You've got to keep growing and seeing if the things that you're doing are actually working for yeah. your people. Yeah. And how do you go about doing that? <laughs> again, it's all about the data. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so last year, because my focus was that data, it was really good because... Um, my manager and I had a conversation, a big, I guess, brainstorming session at the end of last year to be like, cool, what are our issues? What are we going to do to fix that? How are we going to get there? Um, we came up with a few goals that we want as HR ourselves. So um, our number one goal, which is a long-term goal, is that we want to be the number one place that people want to work. And I guess the key thing in that is they want to work. It's yeah. not you're needing to come to work to get the money it's you actually want to be there too I mean you spend 40 hours a week with these people you want to be able to show up as your genuine self um, and feel supported because it is like that family and that's again something we really pride ourselves at the Allen Four group is that family feel yeah. um, because it's very genuine as well I actually remember I'd only been there for about two months and I was talking to Mita the director and she was like, you've been here for a year now, right? And I said, no, Mita, it's only been like two months. And she was like, and I, I just said, oh, it's like I'm part of the furniture, right? And she goes, no, you're part of the family. And it was just like, oh. I was like, that is so nice. Because I think something you lose or tend to lose as you grow and become like a bigger organisation or get listed publicly is you lose that family feel. And for us, it's one of our most important things and that's something that we never want to lose and so that's something that we're actively working on all the time um, and it also comes down to that psychological safety um, and part of that definition is that people feel supported and they can be their genuine selves they don't need to pretend to be anyone else and that's what we want because that's why we hired them we want them to be themselves um, so yeah that's definitely been the biggest project that we've worked on and it's it's still going but yeah it's been amazing I could imagine that's sort of multifaceted in, in so many ways <laughs> isn't it um, and I think what's particularly interesting is is you're working across effectively three different organisations um, so how does that work in terms of getting a consistent culture and a kind of EVP that applies across all of them or, or is that not how you do it? <laughs> um, so I guess the key word in there too is consistency. Yeah. Um, so what we did is we released a employee engagement survey across all the subsidiaries at the start of the year. We made it anonymous because we weren't too worried about who was saying what. It was about getting honest data um, and getting honest opinions on what we could do better. Because if we don't know, mm. how can we improve? I mean... We do a lot of research and things, but yeah, if we're not hearing it from our own people, it's not really specific to us. That's just what ha what's happening yeah. in the market. Um, so yeah, getting that data and tweaking that survey because we knew we wanted to focus on that well-being um, yeah. and the culture as well. Adding some questions in there about that, so the data was actually really specific and useful for what we were wanting to do. And from that, it was then. It was actually really surprising. Um, you know, 
when you think of an EVP strategy, a lot of the time you think, oh, they're going to want all these benefits and discounts and all these flashy things. The main thing that people wanted was recognition and team bonding and just the consistency um, and learning and development opportunities for themselves to thrive. And that was so amazing to hear from them because we've been able to action all of those things already. Um, And it's, again, you think it's going to be all these flashy things that are going to cost an arm and a leg, but these things don't cost anything. And they're the most useful in terms of creating a better culture and a a more supportive team. So, um, yeah, there's a few things that we've done from that. So we released the survey results to create that transparency as well. And... um, Everyone got to see it, and we got some really good feedback about that as well. Just knowing that you know they were able to see those results from it, and then one of the main things. So, in, in terms of our long-term goal of being the number one place to work, um, we've broken it down into two different pillars this year. So, one is learning and development, and the other is culture and well-being. So, in terms of learning and development, we've put a few different things in place already. I've created a skills matrix, um, which we're building to be across all three subsidiaries, but um, for now we've just focused it on our our biggest subsidiary. And it's broken down from their KPIs, um, but then also separated into soft skills and hard skills. So, you know, your communication, um, I guess how you're engaging with people, but then also those skills that are really specific to the role. And then we've benchmarked it so for us we want everyone to be able to sit at a 70% level as a minimum and then we'll build on it from there and so in terms of that data seeing that skills matrix and having all that data in there we could then see where each individual was sitting in terms of soft and hard skills but then also where we were sitting at as a whole so whether the whole organisation was reaching that 70% level and so that gave us the idea that, cool, that one's sitting at 54. We need to do some work in terms of everyone's development to reach them to that 70%. Um, and then we've done a mix of self-led learning and then um, their performance development plans. And again, it's that consistency behind it. There's no point in doing a performance development plan once and then never yeah. seeing it again or never touching base with the person again and then saying next year, why didn't you achieve these? Because that's that's not fair. Um, because there's two aspects to it. There's your work-led and self-led. As a workplace, you need to be providing your people with all the tools and resources that they need to, A, be able to do their job well, but to be able to still grow and develop, whether that's uh, more consistent meetings or having mentors, and then that self-led is them taking it into their own hands and being like, what areas can I develop in? What 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 am I missing? Or what does that? I guess not really that. Sorry, cut that. Um, yeah, and it really makes it. Um, it's a fifty-fifty yes. power yeah. rather than us just taking it all on and then that person just not really trying to do more. Um, and it also gives it more meaning because they feel that passion behind it and why they're doing it. Um, So the whole business and all three subsidiaries have had their performance development plans this year. Um, Any new starters, what I do is I start it after three months because by that time they're starting to get comfortable in their role. Um, They start to understand where you can grow and it's not just vertical either, it's horizontal. We've got three subsidiaries. So 
the opportunities are kind of endless at this point, which is really exciting to be able to offer to our people as well. Um, for example, we had one person from one subsidiary move to another subsidiary this year, and yeah, she's absolutely loving her new role. And it's it's not permanent either. It could be, you know, like we're so adaptable and agile, which I'm so grateful for, um, especially in terms of top management and our executives. They're willing to try new things, and that's so key when you're introducing things like this into a business is that you've got that buy-in from them, but they realise the importance of it as well. And in terms of some of the other things that we've intro- we will be introducing is health insurance, um, gym memberships, and that was based on the feedback from the survey as well. Um, we gave them a few options, but they could also put in whatever they thought um, would be beneficial to them, and those are the ones that, that they've wanted, so we're working through that. But again, it's a slow launch because we do have so much going on this year. We'd hate for it to all be launched at once, and then it kind of loses that meaning or it doesn't work out the way we wanted just because there's so much happening at once. Um, so we want to do it right the first time and do it well. Um, so yeah, that learning and development has been huge. And with a lot of my PDPs that I did with staff, um, I do 15 minute touch points every month. And then it gives us both a chance to reflect and say, hey, what went well last month? How, where have you gone that extra 1% in your role? What's your goal for next month? What's the plan? And any specific goals? Because again, a PDP, your goals are going to change over the year. I Even my goals have changed. So I don't expect anyone else's to, to be the same. If they are, that's great. But again, we're very adaptable and we just want to make sure that our people continue to grow. Um, even if they come into the business and they, you know, as much as we'd love for them to stay for 20 years or something, it's not realistic. Yeah. But we want them, if they do ever leave, that they're leaving with a much higher skill set than when they came to us. And then we know that we've done our job, we've done well by them as well. Yeah, that's <laughs> terrific. There's a lot, lot of stuff yeah. going on there under, under sort of those those two headings. And it sounds like your focus on uh, this performance plan is very focused on individuals' development yes. and a sort of future-focused. Mm-hmm. So what, what does a performance discussion look like in, 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 in your organi- in LM4? Um, so I, I like to just open it up. Yeah. I just explain the purpose of why we're doing it. So, hey, we're creating a performance development plan for you. We want to see where you want to grow to, um, what you want to learn about, and we'll just go from there. So um, a few key points in there, seeing what their long-term goal is in terms of their career, what their short-term goal is for so the next 6 to 12 months. Um, any specific skills they want to develop in the next six to 12 months. Um, and then, yeah, it's it's just a conversation. It's just really from what they're saying, then trying to figure out, cool, what skills can we develop? What courses, um, webinars? You know, there's so many amazing tools such as the EMA. Yeah. Um, the EMA learnings have been so great in terms of being able to provide more for our people as well. And... Yeah, just letting them really speak their mind and then I can really dwindle it down from there and be like, cool, let's do this, make a plan. And then having those monthly check-ins be like, cool, how was your course that you did last month that we booked you in for and this course is next. Um, We're also doing a few um, trainings in-house as well uh, through Portala, which has been amazing. So 
the two that we're doing are growth mindset, and that'll be a two-part course. And the next one is actually the Treaty of Waitangi, um, which I think a lot of people will be like, oh, why are you making everyone sit through that training? And the leaders in the business have already done it, um, myself included, and it was honestly the most amazing course because, again, we're in New Zealand, um, and I think it's also, our business is very diverse, and I think we also need to pay respect to where we are, the country that we're in, the cultures that are here already. Um, And it was really interesting to hear more about the differences in the treaties um, and where, I guess, animosity has come from. And it wasn't to say that this is right and this is wrong. It was just about discussing the differences and um, they're really good at being able to make that a really safe space. So any opinions you have, you can share them without any repercussions. So, yeah, those are a few in-house ones that are happening too. Uh, so yeah, it's a very busy year in terms of learning and development. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So um, you know, and, and clearly you've sort of set this in motion. You and the team are sort of and the executives have kind of set this in motion. Um, what what sort of you know in terms of business outputs? What what are you really looking for there? What do you think this will lead to in terms of business success? Um, lower turnover. Yeah. Um, so that's I guess where some of it started last year was that we were having a very high turnover rate in one of the subsidiaries. Yeah. Um, And that's kind of where it came from, like, what is this issue? And it was very noticeable that the culture in that office was not the same as it was in the other offices. Right. And so that's where we were like, okay, what's what's going on? And talking to people in the office as well to be like, what issues are you finding? And I think it starts from the top. And being able to provide our leaders with the training and development that they need to be able to lead well and confidently. Um, We've seen a huge difference in that culture this year, which has been amazing. And yeah, just that training and and development in general, um, having giving everyone that opportunity and that space to thrive on their own. Um, And because we share the HR plan for the year when we initially do that PDP, just seeing the excitement on their face to say, hey, we're growing, yeah. we're doing these really cool things, and it's based on what you have said. We're listening to you. Um, because that's what I find tends to happen sometimes is, you know, you have the people that are, I guess, on the lower end, like not your managers or anything, the, the guys on the floor, and they never feel heard. And that leads to disengagement um, in their they're there because they need to be, not because they want to be. And then it just comes back to our larger goal of being that place that people want to work. Um, yeah, it's so important for us that people want to be there. And I guess it relates to those intrinsic versus extrinsic motivators. Um, but one of the big trends for this year is emotional salary. We're kind of getting past that great resignation now. Yep. And we're moving into the great ask. People... So the turnover is reducing, but people aren't afraid to ask for what they want. And I think that's amazing. I think everyone should have the voice and the power to say, hey, look, I need this from you. Um, Because again, you don't know if you you don't ask, um, which leads to that emotional salary as well. So it's not just about money anymore. Because when we're going through that great resignation, the recruitment was, what am I trying to say? It was such a um, tight market to find candidates and quality candidates that organisations were just lifting salaries where they could. It it was crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
and you know being a small business it's not that not really something that we could do at that point and so we just really had to we were always really honest about you know salaries and things um, but it was about what else we could offer and just a general trend this year is that emotional salary what else are you offering outside of a monetary salary and what sort of trends are you noticing there what are what are the sort of big things that the ask is coming for um I mean, one of the main things, I think if you stay in a company for a long time, you do tend to, depending on where it's at, I guess, this is me generalising, you usually get those 2% increases every year. Mm -hmm. And so salary is definitely one of them, but growth and development, it's those things that really don't cost a business and just consistent recognition. we've noticed, yes, such a huge improvement just from that consistency piece. Um, And yeah, what other benefits can you provide? So for us, we can be like, hey, we've got free car parks. You know, that's actually quite a big deal, especially if you're working in a city. Um, Can cost an arm and leg for for parking (laughs) every day. Um, And sometimes the public transport isn't that reliable, so you do have to take your car and um, things like that. So even there's you know, the gym memberships, it's that work-life balance. Um, it's being able to take care of your general well-being. Um, so one of the other things we've done this year is um, community service days for each of the teams. And we had, again, part of that survey at the start of the year, given them a few options of charities that they'd want to give their time or money to. Mm-hmm. And then we gave them the option of whether it was, do you want to donate your time a day or do you just want to give money? And it was quite a unanimous decision that everyone wanted to give their time back to the community because um, community is so important to us. Um, and so they each got to choose where they went for the day and it was a paid day off. Um, so we do two of those a year. And so, for example, our team, we did Arbor Day and we did it with one of the other subsidiaries that's quite small. And it was just an amazing day because that also it's A, you're giving back to the community but it was team bonding at the same time. Yes. And we ended up pairing off and then we're all like, who's going to plant the most trees? It's a bit of healthy competition too. Um, and then we went for lunch afterwards. So it was just an amazing day and I still hear people talking about it. And the cool thing was that it was all native trees and it's about um, they're trying to, I guess, recreate a whole bunch of native um, bush in Hamilton. And, you know, being able to say, hey... I've been a part of that. I've planted some of those trees. I used to do it back when I was a kid as well. And driving back home, sometimes I'd be like, oh, I, pl- I planted that tree. Like I memorised some of the ones I did so I can be like, I can watch it grow. And some of them are like 20 years old now. I'm like, I did that. Yeah. I just write, they're wonderful because what you're doing there is you're illustrating some things I see in sort of these surveys by sort of big companies like McKinsey and this sort of thing. And they talk about, oh, actually, the reason people stay in jobs or leave jobs is, is not necessarily what you think. It's not really to do with pay, which is what managers typically say it is, yeah. is actually to do with connection to the company and mm-hmm. connection to the wider community and so forth. And it's like, okay, that's all well and good, but what does that look like? Yeah. And I think you sort of illustrated there that um, that's that's what it can look like. Yeah. And how you got to that um, was not by just applying uh, across the board some research you read, but actually just by asking mm-hmm. your own people and then acting on, on the feedback. Yeah. Yeah. And 
one of the things as well is what's working for us doesn't mean that it's going to be like a blanket rule. This what we're doing isn't going to work for everyone else. So I guess just a quick rundown. So we're doing above market salaries, um, the learning and development, um, the team bonding and community service days. Um, I feel like I've forgotten one in there. And that's going to annoy me. <laughs> well, I mean, that's quite, that, that's sort of that thing where you, you're hitting quite a few sort of buttons, aren't yeah. you, that you know are important to, to your people. Yeah. And um, as you say, it's not necessarily that somebody would uh, come and copy exactly what you've done. Um, and this goes to something Josh Burson talks about, who mm. talks a lot about, you know, the irresistible organisation, what good organisations should look like and successful organisations look like. And he says, well, Actually, there's no such thing as best practice anymore. Mm. What's important is finding out what's right for your people in your organisation at, at this time. You can't just take what Apple do off the shelf. You can't just take exactly. what LM4 does off the <laughs> shelf and apply it. But you can take those same principles to find out. Yes. Yeah. So if you know, you you talk about it obviously from quite a from an HR perspective and sort of a leadership perspective in in the business. And, um, you know, there's lots of very positive things there. But in every organisation, there's gnarly, difficult things to deal with. How, how do you manage through those within, within this uh, environment? I mean, I think sp I'm talking specifically yeah. to us. So, yeah, we did have our challenges last yeah, year. Yeah. And I'm not going to lie about that, you know. <laughs> it's not all rainbows and butterflies yeah, yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah. So, yeah, and that's kind of where we were like, we're having these issues. Where are we going wrong that we're not I guess being proactive about it we're coming from a reactive point how are we going to shift that so that we're being proactive we're managing things before they happen and again it just came down to coaching spending time with leaders so that because I'm based in Hamilton I'm not always in the other offices and giving them that confidence to start having difficult conversations. I think that's the biggest one. Mm. And having that confidence to be able to say, hey, no, that's not right. And being able to nip things in the bud. Um, because otherwise you're just kind of dealing with a snowball effect. If someone's, if you've already got a bit of a toxic culture and you see someone behaving, I guess, quite negatively and not getting any repercussions for it, you'll be like, oh, well, I can do that too. Or if you see someone coming in, you know, an hour late and nothing happens, I can do that as well. Um, and then you've got a whole office that's doing that. Um, and so, yeah, again, it was just about spending that time to be able to give them that confidence. And, yeah, I'm, I'm so happy with how they're developing and I can see it and they're really proud of where they are and... You even just see that pride and when people say, oh, I work for the LM4 group, it's not like shameful or anything. It's it's like a badge of honour that we go out and say, yeah, I'm with the LM4 group. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wonderful. I mean, you, you know, you make it sound uh, very much like, you know, it's part of the way we do things. This is our kind of business that, you know, people grow and, and develop within that, which 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 is, is, is great. Well, I just wonder, you know, I, I, I talk to a lot of organisations and people in your position are often, um, they're so wrapped up in the day-to-day -day of like the recruitment, health and safety issues, dealing with exactly what we're talking about there, poor, poor performance. What, what would be, you know, your best piece of advice for people that are feeling wrapped up in all that and want to get ahead and put their head above it? And, and Oh, that is a great question. 
I think taking the time to step back and see everything as a bigger picture um, because I agree it's so easy to get wrapped up in those day-to-day things that you know you can blink and your whole day's over it's it's crazy um, but yeah just even if you have to leave the office or lock your door and barricade it so that no one's coming in just for like 30 minutes or something so you can actually really come back and come from a clear mind as well I think that's really important um, having that emotional regulation yourself um, since I guess we're kind of meant to be the role models in that area um, and just being able to see that wider lens of what's going on so that you can make better informed decisions about where you're going to go in terms of your strategy because yeah that's been the best thing we've ever done is come up with that strategy um, because it gives us we've got a whole timeline for the year of what we're doing for each quarter in terms of HR so the first quarter was all that collecting the data doing the research and then from there it was starting to slowly implement things and yeah it's sometimes it's easier said than done to get away from that daily daily grind um, but yeah no I think it's it's really important to take that time for yourself as well yeah, yeah. and that sounds very sensible <laughs> I mean as, as you say it's like something we often all kind of we know it really but we don't do it and yes. it's it's a good to reminder to kind of go that step back give yourself a bit of space from the day to day and come up with a with a plan and it sounds like that's what you did there about setting some goals and milestones along the way mm-hmm. so it sounds like it's going very well to date. So what's next? I'm sure you've got something else in mind for what happens next. Um, we've got a few things in mind, actually. <laughs> we're, we're very busy. Um, so in terms of what we've launched already, it has been very heavily focused on that learning and develop, which, mm. again, it's going to be ongoing. Um, so now we're at that point where we want to start launching some more of the things that are focused on that well-being aspect of it, that mm. work-life balance. So um, doing the above market salaries, um, which we've, we're just going through the process of at the moment. Um, then next we're looking at launching that um, health insurance. And again, that looks different. Um, the more research you do, different companies do it differently. It's You can either pay some, you can pay all, um, even in terms of... Um, Oh, it's on the tip of my tongue. I'm missing something that's really important with what we're doing. What is it? Health insurance? Oh, flexible working. Ah, yes. (laughs) So one of the things mentioned in that initial survey was people wanted flexible working. Mm -hmm. Um, So we launched another survey a few months later because even down to perception, you and I will have different ideas of what flexible working looks like. And so we wanted to hear again from our people what that looks like to you, how we can keep our culture and maintain that and maintain those um, the connectivity between teams. Um, and so what we actually came up with, again, we shared that data with everyone to mm. make it transparent and that's something that we'll be rolling out soon as well. And it's just kind of figuring out what good looks like in that area. Um, and I guess one of the main things is for us is this is completely new. This is something new that we're launching and it's okay if something doesn't work Um, it gives you data to then go back to the drawing board and say okay that didn't work why didn't that work what Mm. can we do differently that will be of great benefit to our people 
Um, so yeah, that's a that's a few of the things that we're working on for this year. Very good. So, I mean, to, to do to take that sort of approach, the sort of iterate and try. Oh, if it's not working, stop. Uh, try again with something else. Mm. Learn as as you go from from doing these things. Sounds a very sort of mature approach in an organisation to kind of develop. So either we've got you're very persuasive or you've got very supportive executives or a combination of both. What, what do you think enables you to do this? Uh, potentially both. <laughs> <laughs> um, I myself, I'm very passionate about well-being in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite common for, I guess, a lot of people have, to have gone through their own mental health struggles and myself included. And so I think it's really important that we do everything that we can to support our people because again they're they're our family um and the executive team is just amazing again they're so agile and ready to be like ready to move and just um something the ceo likes to say tj uh, be like water (laughs) and sometimes it's the only advice that i need if i like come to him and i'm like cool so this has happened and he's like be like water right. and I, I it's just such a good saying because it's it's just be flexible just kind of sometimes you just have to roll with the punches and come up with a solution and then go on to the next they're also really supportive I mean I consider them I guess all mentors to myself I don't know if that's selfish um, but they each have such amazing um, career backgrounds and so it's just like a wealth of knowledge um, and I've learnt so much from everyone already. So, yeah, definitely a bit of both. But I think, yeah, they're just really amazing. Right. It sounds like you were the right person in the right environment yeah. to kind of make, make, make this happen and, and get, get things moving. So if, um, you know, this, this is, you know, your perspective very, very much on this. But, you know, if you put yourself in the shoes of, if, if you like, an average employee, if there is such a thing in your organisations, um, what, what, what do you, how do you think they describe work, working for LM4 or their part of LM4? What, what sort of words or phrases would they use? We did have a, um, that was actually in the engagement survey as well. Um, <laughs> what values do you think that we... I knew you had covered <laughs> this already. I should have guessed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what values do we show as an organisation? And one of the main ones was respect, culture, um, family. Those were some of the top ones there. And it's so true. So... I guess something else that we're working on this year as well is going through our vision, mission and values. Um, So because Alliance has actually been around for over 20 years now and the parent company and the other subsidiaries came in later, again, taking that step back to look Mm at, hey, this is where we've been, this is where we are and this is where we're going, we just found that it was time to potentially revisit those values and see if they were still aligning with where we are now and where we're going to be and in the future um, so we um, had a session with an external provider um, again all the leadership and executive team were involved in that and we it was a full day session and it was it was such an amazing day and I guess the good thing from that day was finding out that a lot of us had similar ideas on where we're going um, similar things that we wanted to work on that were I guess top priority and so, yeah, we should hopefully get the results of that soon, which is I'm so excited for. Um, and, yeah, so it's not like a rebrand or anything. It's just saying, hey, we've grown and we've changed 
we want our values to reflect that. Um, and one thing that really came up during that day that kept getting repeated was culture. And we were kind of going back and forth. And because culture tends to be overused in a sense. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. it again, it means different things to different people. But even the, um, the facilitator was saying, like, this culture is really important to you and I see it in the room. Like, I can feel it in the room. And so we were kind of in between, like, hey, do we use culture as a value or do we make our values then reflect that culture? So um, I'm not sure what the end result of that is yet. So hopefully in the next one to two weeks, we'll, I guess, figure that uh, one out. Well, I yeah. think, I think you know, culture in that sense is often an on, just an ongoing journey because yeah. it just has to evolve as, as we go. And um, I do know from surveys we've done with, with wider membership, is that it, it comes up often around uh, organisers recognising they need to do something about their culture, but they're often quite not quite sure what they need mm-hmm. to do. Um, and, uh, you know, just getting to the heart of that sounds like what you're starting to do yeah. to do there with that. Because it's also, it's not something you see. Culture yeah. is a feeling. Um, yeah. And it's the way you act and, yeah, it's just what drives you in mm-hmm. that organisation. And so... Yeah, having our culture impacted last year was really hard because when we were like, we were just like, where is this coming from? And yeah, again, I got so caught up in doing those daily things and I guess dealing with some of those issues that I didn't take that step back at the time to mm-hmm. say, what's the larger issue happening here? What, why is this impacting our culture um, so negatively? And so, yeah, being able to then with my manager we were kind of like again took that step back to be like okay this is what's happening let's figure out why and figure out how we can solve it and yeah there's just been such a huge shift from last year to this year it's it's actually phenomenal and it just makes me so excited and I see that excitement in our people as well you know we come in and everyone's happy and they're laughing but they're working so hard as well but they're willing to put in that effort so yeah I'm, I'm just so excited to see how everyone keeps growing and developing in their roles absolutely you make it sound a very uh, attractive place you're a great ambassador for it <laughs> and you know here you describe but you know I'd be, I'd be pretty easily convinced that you are the number one <laughs> place 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 to work um, but obviously you, you know you've done it done a lot there and I just finally want to just go back actually to a kind of personal question question around this because you you talked about your career and, and what you've done before in terms of study and the roles you've done before and learning about sort of good practice and so forth I, I just wondered from the work that you've done in the last 18 months and uh, for what, what have been the biggest learnings for you personally from that what do you think you can do well now yeah that you couldn't do before yeah. um oh there's so much like even just reflecting on how much I've done and Mm. um, how much I've grown in the last 18 months. So I guess one thing was previously I hadn't had that much experience in the ER and the employment relations space. Um, I can now say I'm very well versed in that. Um, But just in terms of picking up projects and seeing it from start to finish and the whole process behind Mm. it um, and something I identified in myself that I wanted to learn about was HR strategy um, and really digging in deep to that and again my manager's been amazing and 
really showing me the ropes in terms of that aspect and so yeah I feel so much more confident in that aspect which is something that down the line I'd really like to get into more so yeah those, those are probably the the main ones but yeah there's there's been so many it's it's kind of endless at this point <laughs> well I'm not surprised by the answer because you, you've covered you've covered a lot clearly and <laughs> you know really uh, thank you so much for sharing it with us it's quite a journey that you're on there evidently and uh, a lot of things that you you've covered and put in place that uh, I'm sure are helping the organization to be successful so um, and obviously I'd like to thank everyone that's that's listening and watching watching this EMA cast I uh, hope you found it as interesting as I have to hear uh, uh, Ali's uh, Abby's pre- uh, passion and experience that she's had and the difference she's making in, in her organization I hope that's given you some great practical ideas you can apply uh, thank you for, for listening <laughs>